Welcome to Ring the Bell with the Masters of Marketocracy. Tonight, we have Glenn Brownworth, Kyle Harden, John Archer, and yours truly, Tony Mitchell, to talk about stocks in the markets and see how we can help you and make you a better investor. Uh, hey, let's talk about Tesla first off. Tesla has been such a great um, stock over the last number of years. It's, it's had a lot of momentum um, until the beginning of this year, basically. Uh, it's quickly dropping out of the magnificent seven by uh, the notes from many pundits out there. Yet in an interview just yesterday, Kathy Woods, and I'm sure you're all familiar with Kathy Woods and her ARC ETF, is sticking by it. She's buying more, and she says she sees it going to 2000. She's still a big believer in electric vehicles, even though a lot of the companies are pivoting more toward hybrids and cutting their investments in electric vehicles. What do you guys think? Is Tesla going to come back? Or is it the other companies that are focused on hybrids that are going to do better? Glenn, I know you're a big Tesla uh, holder. I know this this is a painful time right now. I mean, he's down. It's been brutalized. But I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that he's. I don't know. He's putting his nose into politics and other stuff that is just like just stay out of it. You know, just run the car company and build spaceships. Can you just do that? Um, I really think electric cars are the future, but I know that there's we're in like a weird transition phase. And, uh, you know, we used to have steam powered automobiles and then we went to gasoline. So I think I think it's going to happen. It'll slow down. But, you know, people who've owned like like Priuses, it's now you have an electric car and now you have a gas car and now you have two sets of problems you have to deal with in one car. And I, I don't know. I think it's more of a pain in the butt. You're either going to go all electric. <clears throat> excuse me, or you're going to stick with a gas car, you know? One issue with electric is you have to be able to charge it. And if you're in a city, where are you going to run your, your cable? That's the biggest issue with electric I see right now. Well, you know, I just want to add to your comment because you talked about steam powered, but we actually had electric vehicles in the late 1800s. Yeah. So this is not yeah. a new run at electric vehicles. No, They've no. been around. Yeah. So are you sticking with Tesla, Glenn? Yeah, I'm going to stick with it. I know I have a chunk of it in my in my portfolio, so I'm just going to ride it out for now. They say they're going to up their their uh, their production in Germany to a million cars a year. If they can do that, you know, it's just it's just a matter of time. But the thing is, the demand for cars in the world is somewhere between 85 and 90 million cars globally. So if he can even just get to five or 10 percent of that, it's it's years of growth. You know, that's kind of the way I see it. Kyle, I, I believe you're, you've are you held some Tesla too, haven't you? What How do you think about it? I do. And, and I, I look at them as obviously being down right now, uh, but I think it's also a buying opportunity. Um, you know, to Glenn's point, you know, Tesla sales have never been the main factor in driving the, the stock price, right? Because Tesla is not the, the biggest car sales by volume by any stretch. Um, and, and they are seeing headwinds because there's other other competitors in the EV space that are taking some of that market share now. You look at companies like Rivian and obviously the, the big three, and, and you have other auto, auto manufacturers that are in that space and people are buying. They're not just using Tesla for their electric cars. And I, so I think Tesla on the car side needs to be a little bit more innovative as far as their designs and things like that to try to keep the, the share from an electric car perspective. But really the growth in Tesla has been 
around the technology, right? And, and what they're doing next and, and really the capabilities. And I think that the place where Tesla's innovating is really what we need in the electric car space is, is in the infrastructure. How can you go beyond the big cities? How can you get from city to city? And, and you know, if I'm capped at 250, 300 miles or whatever the range is on each individual car, and Tesla's really working on building out not only some of the supercharged centers, but really getting the standardizing, you know, of the pumps and everything else. And I think that's, and trying to make the batteries and really a lot of the components that are really more across the industry, not just the cars themselves. And I think that will help fuel their growth in the long run. Interesting, a lot of, lot of perspective. John, I don't know that you've been in Tesla. Do you have any opinion on Tesla? Yeah, I don't follow it at all, Tony, so I'm really not a very good source of information on that. But what little I know, I agree with Kyle on the fact that it's really electric cars are a battery play, in my opinion. I think it really is going to depend on how efficient uh, these companies can uh, develop uh, batteries that will allow you to go, you know, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of miles without uh you know, and maybe maybe it's a solar thing. I, I, I don't know whether the technology is there yet, but uh, it's still in its infancy and there's still a lot of, uh, I think, uh, uh, a little bit of chaos and confusion, I think, that'll exist before everything, uh, before the dust settles. Actually, well, on that note, I think that's actually what makes it more valuable because the chaos is actually what is accelerating the market right now. And in battery tech, the last four years in battery tech, aside from Tesla, is just been amazing. Like on portable batteries and powered, like anything you could imagine that's battery powered. Like you told me, Tony, you bought like a, a, a leaf blower or a chainsaw or some other thing powered by batteries. It's gotten to a point where what it costs to have that gasoline powered thing and electricity is kind of switching. but. Like Kyle said, it's the inf infrastructure. Like what happened in Chicago, it got so cold that the, the actual charging systems wouldn't work anymore. So, you know, these are growing pains, but they do it in Norway. They're at 80% EV penetration and that country's cold. So how do they deal with the cold? You know, even an automobile, you had to have a dipstick in it heated if you were like living in Alaska because your oil gets so cold, your engine wouldn't start, you know? Mm -hmm. It uh, is an interesting time. I do believe in the future of EVs. I, I think we may see some more downside um, as the hybrids are, are becoming more of a focus. And there's a few people, and, and I don't know the scientific facts on this, but a few people have been talking about how the hybrids are actually a greener vehicle right now than the electric vehicles uh, because of what it takes to make the batteries for the electric vehicles right now. So I think as you guys all spoke about the innovation and the technology, um, maybe it's some further development in this battery technology that, that changes it around and makes a complete electric vehicle a lot greener than it is even is right now. Um, you know, regarding Tesla, I feel like I missed it. And not on the upside, now, although I didn't participate in a lot of the upside, I feel like I missed it because I wanted to short it at the beginning of the year. I, mm -hmm. I, I saw this coming and, and I shouldn't even say this because I did not short it, um, probably because it, it, it dropped a, a couple days quicker than I was planning on, on buying some puts on it. Um, so it kind of kills me that I missed the downside to Tesla right now. Is it going to go much further down? I don't know. It's at a point where it's like I don't want to touch it either way right now. 
Um, if it went a lot lower, would I jump in? I might, because I do believe in the long term. Uh, does Elon Musk concern me? He does. <laughs> One reason yeah. I never got into it in the in the early days. Um, yeah. He's a, he's a a genius, and I always say that geniuses walk a fine line between uh, uh, between being a genius and between being an idiot. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a hard call right now. Um, I am investing though in Ford and GM, and uh, they've had some great reports recently. And um, I think I've talked about them before. And I think in the shorter term that they will be a better investment than Tesla. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens there. But uh, great discussion, guys, about Tesla. You see that uh, General Motors just signed an $18 billion deal for batteries with LG in the U.S. They're going to build a factory somewhere in the U.S. There's yeah. a lot of big battery yeah. deals going on like that. I'm yeah. uh, I'm an MP uh, because of the, the materials they provide for b batteries. And so I, I do have a belief in all this battery technology. And, and it, as you said, Glenn, I... I love using tools around the house that are battery powered. So much easier. They work great. The technology is so good with them right now. Um, and uh, so it, I think it's great. Um, I, I lost my thought there. I had something I wanted to go back on, on Tesla for a moment, but that's all right. We'll move on here. Um, of the other Magnificent Seven, which are you sticking with? And are there any that you think are overdone and you might be trimming? I mean, the other six are Apple, Microsoft, Google, NVIDIA, Meta, and Amazon. And a few of those have had some unbelievable runs here. Well, I sent you the screenshot of what Amazon's numbers were. They beat their numbers by 24%. Just mind-blowing. You know, that means we had a great Christmas and people were spending money. You know, if, if I make, I'll make this observation that I was actually in Target on New Year's Eve, and there's a section next to the cash register that's filled with gift cards. And there's one side that has like, you know, like restaurants and Apple and stuff like that. And the other side is all Visa and MasterCard, you know, $25, $50, gift cards. It was gone. Every single gift card was gone. I think there was two cards left in the entire rack. So when I see that, that people were just doing $100 and 50 bucks in their they were pretty generous in their gift giving this year. And I actually just saw it the other night, somebody using a gift card. So I'm not knock wood. That gives me faith that, you know, the economy is way better than we think it is and that people are spending money, especially when they're giving money to their family or relatives. So Visa and MasterCard right there, you know? Well, I think all the increases in wages, and there's certainly been a lot of them, are helping drive a lot of that. And I think yeah. it's a little bit sustainable because of increases in wages. Yeah. So Glenn, what are your thoughts so on some of these other ones? I know you're in uh, NVIDIA uh, pretty yeah. big and uh, probably uh, you just mentioned Amazon. Yeah. So are you saying that you're gonna stick with them because of this? Yes. Uh, you don't think any of them are overdone? Um, well, there what, one potential issue with Amazon is that they might be uh, on the on the race how would you say it? Um, they're chasing after profits by lowering the quality and the standards that they have for what you see when you do a search. And what I mean is that if you want to, you want to, I don't know, you want to search for a pen or something like that, you'll get some ad for Chinese hardware, but it'll be some crappy company that you've never heard of before. And so people buy this stuff from China and it's all mediocre garbage where in the past, if you wanted to buy a pen, you would get, you know, 
you get a cross pen or a big pen or something like that. So that that's a potential issue in the future about their growth. But after a 24% beat over their earnings, I'm not really concerned about that. You know, nobody else can touch them. Their infrastructure is amazing. Uh, in regards to NVIDIA, as we talked about monopolies last time, nobody can touch them. NVIDIA, I mean, Intel and AMD make great hardware and they make some powerful chips. But the one thing that NVIDIA has is they have CUDA, which is their programming language. And people have been using it since 2005. And that that's their secret sauce. If you don't, if every, everybody who builds supercomputers, they all program it with CUDA. And it all programs to NVIDIA hardware. At least it does now. So I'd actually still, I'd actually put more into NVIDIA because they have the number one chip on earth right now. Nobody else can beat it. The H, what is it? The H200, H100, I think it's called. So it's it's double. And I think later this year, their 5090 series is going to be, they, they the, the last year or two, they've been kind of in a rut. So the next chip they have to come out with, it's got to be, you know, impressive. Kyle, you've uh, been in some of these uh, Magnificent Seven as well. Uh, how are you start, How are you feeling these days about the runs they've had? Yeah, so absolutely. Um, and, and, I, and my plan is to stay in all of them, right? Because I look at in, in each of them, uh, and Apple probably is the weakest of the bunch, and I, and I really like Apple as a company. But when I look at the other ones, you know, there, there's big plays in AI uh, as well as cloud. And AI and cloud are going to continue to grow. They're on every company's strategy to increase the utilization of automation and the abilities of enabling cloud uh, deployed technologies. So every company is gonna continue to grow and our, the companies here, Microsoft, Google, uh, obviously Nvidia, they're, they're highly leveraged towards enabling and Amazon as well for Amazon Web Services. You know, that, that's really what they're enabling is cloud, utilizing AI, utilizing Gen AI in a number of capacities. And, and this is going to continue to push those companies specifically. Uh, Meta's well positioned and, and, and they're using AI. They're also looking at creating some of their own chips. Um, and so all those companies, I, I think, are well positioned for continuing to grow year over year. Um, Apple is, you know, routinely strong, very strong from a, a network perspective. You know, people stay locked into that ecosystem. Um, you, you, I just don't see as much as the opportunities for growth within Apple as I do with the other companies, but Apple's a, a very solid hold. John, what about you? You seem that you generally are a little more conservative than what we would hear out of Glenn or Kyle. So how do you, I know you have a little bit of some of these. How are you feeling about them? Yeah, with, with respect to the Magnificent Seven, I've got uh, five of them in my portfolio. Uh, Alphabet's 12% of the portfolio. Uh, Microsoft's eight and a half. Apple is 6% of, of my fund. And then Meta and Amazon are a little bit over 1%. Um, I miss NVIDIA uh, primarily because uh, I don't understand the semiconductor space. It's just a little bit too complicated for my, um, for my brain. But um, I'm a big fan of large cap growth, big tech uh, growth. I think um, all these companies, most of them are growing at double digit rates. You've got a company like Microsoft, who uh, is um, a, a, a $200 billion company and their revenue is growing at double digit rates. You just, you know, you, you kind of, it, it's, it's almost, 
uh, seems uh, unbelievable, right? That they're still doing <laughs> this and they're still making money hand over fist, right? So where's this where's this recession I keep hearing about, right? A absolutely, I I think um, they're all they're all cash rich, uh, they're all. Um, free cash flow generating. I mean, it's it's just, those are the companies to be in today, in my opinion. And they're not in Asia and they're not in Europe and they're all in the United States, right? Well, I, yeah. I think within our entire group, there's always been a general thesis of, uh, of holding for longer periods of time. And I guess today um, I'm the conservative one because I made the mistake of trimming back Meta when it ran up to 400, it's always been a big percentage of my portfolio. And uh, I I felt like uh, it had such a big run that it was time to take a breather. And unfortunately I trimmed, I still hold it, but I trimmed it back. And I certainly wish I hadn't because I certainly didn't see that the pop that it just had after its earnings, um, which is unfortunate. But if for some reason it pulls back down, I'm probably gonna add back to it. And uh, I am adding to to some of these others as I feel the uh, opportunity is right. So that's uh, it's quite a time that we're in with these uh, these uh, seven or super six, however you look at it. But uh, Tesla's uh, I think has enough momentum that it's not going away either. So you mentioned uh, that you got into uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. You 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 said that Meta was going to pop because of its uh, they're announcing their dividend. But the dividend wasn't really that great, but I guess it was enough that, I mean, an $80 pop, that's what happened in the late 90s when the web was exploding. So you don't see too many $80 pops in a day. Yeah, no, that's one of the largest ever for Meta, too. And um, to your decade. point about the dividend, Glenn, it, it really isn't a big dividend. I think it works out to less than about a quarter of a percent annually. Yeah. But one of the things is, is apparently that opens it up for certain classes of investors that have to invest in dividend stocks. And so that could drive further growth. So that was an interesting factor on that one. Um, excuse me, as we were just talking about semiconductors, um, you know, my, my next question to the group here is about ARM, which reported last night and talk about big pops. That was up at 60% at points of the day today. I think they finished up around 48% for the day. They just went public last year. Um, it's you know interesting. I had that on my radar screen because I had it added to my watch list, but for whatever reason, I never did anything with it. And then when you see a day like today, it's like, oh, I missed this one. Um, great quarter, strong forecast. Um, yet it's such a huge move that I don't know that it's sustainable. I, I mean, I think that they have a bright future. Um, they their trips, primarily CPUs, are used in conjunction with a lot of NVIDIA's and other companies' GPUs because you need both. And apparently, um, ARM's chips are in in like 90% of cell phones and in a host of other things um, all across the board. So um, definitely a, a, a major player here. Uh, Glenn, go ahead. I mean, my question is, is, is anybody, I don't know if anybody holds this right now. Is anybody buying right now at these levels? Yeah, I think this pop is a little bit too high uh, for their earnings for a company that's only been around for a year. But um, the thing with their chips is they don't actually make chips. They just make the IP. And so NVIDIA takes ARM chips and they build a chip for supercomputers. And Apple takes ARM tech and they design their own chip. And then Qualcomm takes ARM tech. And then, 
Even Intel, they've had an ARM license since 1997. So they could build actually one of these chips if they wanted to, or build a chip that has x86, ARM, you know, all these different things. But I guess they're making enough money because I think the way it works is every time you buy uh, a cell phone, you buy, you know, a device, you know, they get a royalty off of it. As long as Apple sells phones and it's got an ARM-based chip in it, then ARM gets a piece of the action. So as long as the market does okay, and they're going to get a piece. So NVIDIA makes their own ARM-based chip, but they use it in their supercomputers, and they use it in their, you know, their processing racks that they build. They wanted their own stuff so they wouldn't have to deal with Intel. So, you know, the one thing is Intel started out with a lot of power, and ARM started out with chips that could run on zero power. And somewhere in the middle, they're kind of like, they're kind of like meeting in the middle. But ARM can't get up to the really fast speed, and Intel get, can't get down to the really low power. So, you know, they both have their places. That was uh, some great information. Thank you, Glenn. Uh, um, Kyle or John, any thoughts about ARM? Yeah, so, I mean, I wouldn't chase it, right? So, I mean, when, when you see that kind of pop, and, and, and I agree with everything Glenn just said. I, I wouldn't try and chase it. It's, it's something, you know, if you've been interested in it, I certainly would put it on a watch list and watch for the pullback. I mean, a lot of times when there's news like this, it, it you know, it, it oversells, right? And so then you start to see a slight correction and pullback. Um, so looking for a, a pullback opportunity, you know, whether that's over the next week, next month, just looking for it to scale down as the, as, as the buzz kind of dies down off of the news, you know, that came out. Um, you know, I was certainly watching it ever since the SoftBank acquisition and, you know, when they were, when they were going through all of that, but I didn't get into it. Um, and, and, and so I think it's certainly an interesting company to watch, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't chase it right now. I, I think you're, you're liable to lose, you know, money in the short run, uh, over time where I think you get, you can get a better entry point over the next month or so. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and it's one I'm going to continue to watch and do a little bit more digging into. And 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 like you, I've I've been watching it. I'm not sure why I didn't keep a closer eye on it. SoftBank actually hasn't had a great record of their uh, their purchases recently, so that might have had something to do with it. But it looks like they have a winner in this one. I I actually heard an analyst uh, last night talking about this on the radio, and he said. If you really want to make some money, play the arbitrage and buy SoftBank. Don't buy uh, ARM. But I looked at yeah. SoftBank today, and that was up pretty significantly too. So, yeah, yeah. I was checking that as well, and and you know, because SoftBank still owns ninety percent, right? So right. That also, when you only have ten percent that's out on the market, you know, that compresses the stock. Because if everybody wants to buy it, it's going to pop higher, right? Because there's less available. Um, but SoftBank did get a nice bump as well. So you know, yeah, it kind of absolutely. Balanced out. It's an amazing market we're in right now. Interesting times. Let's talk about an oldie but goodie, Disney. Disney reported they jumped 12% and uh, increased their dividend, uh, announced uh, uh, a deal with uh, Epic Games. Um, of course, a couple of days ago, they also announced a joint agreement with Warner Brothers and um, and uh, who's the other partner in the, the new sports venue um, that's, that's going to put... Uh, put a new platform out there, all sports between ESPN, uh, Warner Brothers, who holds mostly basketball rights, and uh, there's one other partner that's slipping my mind here now. Um, uh, anyways. It, like the NFL? Like, do you mean like they're going to provide like a, 
are they going to put all the different sports into one place? Isn't that what ESPN is, or is it? So they're still going to have ESPN, and ESPN is still rolling out its own standalone platform. But basically, this is a platform that combines the sports that ESPN can provide, the sports that Warner Brother can provide, which is uh, mostly basketball, and it combines the sports that. Uh, who's the other network that's partnering with them on this? Um, Fox. What is it? What is it, Cal? Fox. Fox. Thank you. Fox. Yeah. Fox oh, has a lot of baseball. They have a. They have a lot of football. So there. There is. You know, Fox has a lot of sports. So the three of them are are combining to put out an all sports platform that will be probably about a thirty nine ninety nine or forty four ninety nine subscription for people that just want the sports, um, and it will provide a lot of sports. So. Um, and even though it's a, a a one third one third one third partnership, the the revenues will be distributed based on the content provided. So if ESPN is providing fifty percent of the content, they're going to get fifty percent of the revenue. So, excuse me, just one of many things going on with Disney right now. Um, again, um, increasing a buyback, announced a, a increasing the dividend, partnership with Epic Games, um, big move today. After a little bit of a move in the last week or so, too, um, are you holding or would you be buying Disney here? I mean, it was up to almost $200 a while back, and uh, then it fell down into the 90s. Yep. Hey, Tony, so I'll jump in. I don't, I don't know if Glenn remembers. Glenn and I did the podcast yeah. by ourselves back in, yeah. I think, August. Yeah. And at the, at the end, we closed out, and there was a stock to pick, and I picked Disney. At and 85. Yeah. And that uh -huh. was the reason why I, I had I had looked at Disney and I said, you know, Disney they had gone through tough times. You know, there was all this, you know, bad news, all this fud, you know, about Disney. And, you know, I said, you know, I, and I picked it. I called it a long term pick because I said I didn't think it had bottomed out at the time we were doing the podcast. I said there's probably a little bit more rocky road. But what I talked about was the amount of IP content that Disney has the potential partnerships, the things that Bob Iger was, you know, planning and not knowing all of this stuff, exactly what he was going to do with the roadmap, but knowing that he had some, some plans in place. And with the IP and the content and the movies that are coming out this year, I was really projecting them to, you know, hit the bottom shortly after, you know, we did that podcast and over the next several months, really start to peak up and get back to where they were. And I think this was really the first step in that. Um, so I would certainly, you know, leverage buy-in, you know, just kind of like dollar cost average into it. Um, you know, maybe kind of let it settle down from the immediate news once again. But, you know, I, I think it's going to continue to go up as some of these things come into fruition. Well, that was a great call. And I, I completely agree with you. And, and I'm in it. It's about 4% of my portfolio uh, for basically all the reasons you mentioned. I, I think it, you know, nobody has a better library of content than Disney. Um, ESPN, even though they might have had struggles, I mean, they are the sports channel. Everybody knows them as a sports channel. Uh, so I just felt like there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, I love buying companies, too, after they've had such a run like Disney did to about 200 and they pulled all the way back down to 90. So uh, I was getting in down there in the in the low 90s or high 80s as well and um, very happy that I got in there. So, I, But I agree that it's a good long-term hold. So I like it. Um, and, and like you, I might add to it if it you know, slips back a little bit more because I think it's probably a little overdone today. But uh, 
I think it's going to be a good long-term hold, and we'll see a lot more positive out of Disney. The parks are just, I mean, when, um, you know, you win the Super Bowl, where do you want to go? To Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, post, the post-Super Bowl burst, or uh, bump, you should call it, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and speaking of Super Bowls in Disneyland, and who is the hottest property out there right now? Taylor Swift, right? Disney announced that they're going to be, uh, you're going to get Taylor Swift's new concerts on Disney+. Plus. I right. mean, what a great tie-in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The All-American Girl on Disney. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, the NFL loves her, man. They they love having this relationship that's a normal, healthy relationship for the whole world. You know, it brings in women, brings in women to the game, right? You know, being, being uh, uh, sports fans, uh, of course, my Lions lost and didn't make it to the Super Bowl. So my excitement about the Super Bowl isn't quite as exciting this week <laughs> as it was. Although uh, my my second team would be the Kansas City Chiefs. We got family rooting for the Chiefs. John's there in Kansas City. There we go. <laughs> so uh, I've been talking to some guys that like to bet a little bit this week, saying, you know, who are you taking? Who are you taking? What's the line? And, you know, when I was asked a question, I said, uh, I'll take Taylor Swift. Because <laughs> 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 this game is a toss-up, but you can't go wrong with, with Taylor Swift, right? <laughs> yeah, That's right. She's favored by 15. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. The Chiefs are only favored by two. Makers, huh? Taylor Swift's favored like by 15, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Any any other thoughts on Disney, John? Or well, I, I I remember decades ago what what Warren Buffett said. He said um, about Disney. He said they've got the mouse. And you know, I think the brand is is. Uh, there's hardly anything stronger and uh, um, they're a great company. Uh, they've had some management issues. Uh, Iger is back um, and hopefully he's doing uh, some things that will set them on a, on a long-term trajectory, but uh, they've, they've gotten involved in the, in this DEI stuff and uh, politics in Florida and some other things that I think um you know, some of the the public out there is not too favorable about. So, uh, but I think it's, it's, it is a great company and I agree with, with just about everything Kyle said about it. It'd be a good long-term holding. Very good. Very good. So the S&P today, let's talk the general market one time here. I know we'd like to talk more specific stocks, but the S&P uh, did something for the first time ever today. It actually broke through 5,000 just before the close. It fell back a, a touch, so it didn't close at 5,000, but it's historic. Um, does it mean anything? Um, and where do you see the S&P going from here the rest of the year? And in 10 years, where will we see the S&P? Um, Glenn, I, you already kind of gave me some insight, so I'm going to let you jump on that one. Well, when we had a call with Todd a couple of months back, you asked where we would end by the end of the year. And I said 5,000 and he said 4,000. So I pulled back to 4,700 and we hit that in December. So I'm only six weeks off my number. And uh, when you asked us, what uh, was it last, the last meeting where we end at the end or be at the end of this year, 5,500. I think I might have to bump that up a little bit higher. And I said 6,000 maybe, but that's a huge gain over 5,000. But I don't know, 5,500 to 5,800. I think we could do that this year. If these companies keep making these money, this money, they're paying other people and people are making money. 
People are making money across the economy. Even Chevron, I know John has Chevron. Chevron just announced like unbelievably record-breaking numbers for the oil companies. So everybody's making money right now. Now we just need a little bit of deflation on prices and it'll, it'll maintain this for a while. You know, low inflation, low unemployment. We have a one and a half million shortage in housing units in America. So there's plenty of room for growth at this point. I love the optimism. And as I said before, I hope we hit your target now at 6,000 on the S&P for the end of the year. <laughs> that would be a good one. Oh, John, yeah. I, know, I know you don't like to predict or project, so I'm going to skip over to Kyle for a minute, but you're free to jump in if you if you uh, want to jump in on this one. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I think for any of you, I mean, you're already at five, you know, we're basically at 5,000. And I see a strong year. I mean, I see a strong year ahead. I mean, as, as we just talked about, you know, these companies and I think other companies are going to follow suit. I, I think 6,000 is is viable. Right. I, I mean, we're just in we're just in the, the first inning, you know, pretty much. And and I see strong years. We saw a strong jobs numbers. We're expecting, you know, rate cuts, um, you know, to, to Glenn's point about the inflation. You know, granted, it may not be as many rate cuts as we thought, but we already kind of took the hit for that announcement. So but we're still going to see some rate cuts, you know, throughout this year. At least that's the expectation with that. The strong jobs. Uh, companies delivering double-digit growth, you know, quarter over quarter, year over year. I, I think six thousand is is pretty viable. Again, I I, I hope we see that. I, I'm certainly optimistic in the long run. It's hard to say what happens between now and the end of the year with the elections. Um, it could hit six thousand. Um, I, I think my prediction when we talked about this uh, last month was uh, I think fifty-two fifty. Um, certainly not far off from where we're at right now. I, I would say, though, that, uh, you know, looking further out uh, for our listeners, if you just think about that we're at 5,000 today, in 10 years, I believe we'll be at 15,000. So if you just put money in the market, it should be triple in 10 years. Um, and we'll see where it is, but I, I, I project that we're seeing 15,000 in 10 years from now. And any last thoughts on the on the market in general, John? The the, the key of the yeah, five thousand. Yeah, I, I think six thousand is is completely doable. I I agree with Glenn and 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 Kyle. I look back at the S and P with dividends, and um, in 2020 it was up tw almost 29 percent. Mm -hmm. In eight to 2018 it was up 31 percent. In uh, 2017 it was up uh, 22 percent. So 20% uh, up in the market is 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 not unusual at all, and, and a 20% increase from 5,000 is is six. Yeah. And so yeah. That's in range. I, if you can do 20 to 30%, it's 6,000 is not yeah. actually out of range, even in a, in a being realistic, you know, and not too many too much cheerleading. But I think that's possible or more. Yeah. I, I love the optimism. I think we're going to put out a post in the morning. The masters of marketocracy believe we're going to hit 6,000 by the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. If you three guys believe it, I'm I'm going to believe it. So I love it. Uh, let's wrap up here with one final thought for our listeners uh, with your best investment idea right now. One final thought with your best investment idea. Well, I'm always a semiconductor guy, so you probably already know that. I'll go with Team Green, but 
If you want something else to add in, I would probably add in TSMC because the cost of uh, wafers for doing semiconductors has tripled in the last five years. Chips from 19 or from 2018, it used to be about 10 to 12,000 for a wafer about that big. But in order to make the chips for the new graphics cards and the new iPhone, one of those wafers costs $30,000 now. So that's, you know, the, 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 the cost is actually being, you know, we're going to pay the cost. That's even like in graphics or AI chips or phone chips or whatever you name it. When you get down to those really small levels, it's going to, you know, the prices for chips are going to start growing exponentially because as they get smaller, it gets harder to make and it's just going to get more expensive over time. So TSMC, there aren't too many companies that can do what they want or what they do right now. And even Intel has them manufacture for them certain pieces that they integrate. So that would be All right, Glenn says Taiwan Semiconductor. So uh, sticking with this, the chips. Uh, John, what, what what's your big thought right now? Yeah, I've, I've talked about Visa and, um, and Alphabet before when we've talked about uh, investment ideas. I, I'm a big fan of Microsoft. I, I think they're well positioned in, in AI. Uh, their fourth quarter revenue grew 18%, operating incomes up 25%. Who, who's, whose net in, in, income increases 26% in a quarter uh, when you're a, a $200 billion company in annual revenue? Uh, their cloud revenue is increasing at at 24, 25% a year. Uh, as I mentioned before, their net cash position, when you look at cash and marketable securities on the balance sheet and the long-term debt, uh, they've got probably 20, 30 billion in net cash. Uh, they're free cash flowing like crazy. And I think they've really, they've got some really good acquisitions. Um, and I think you know, long term, as Kyle said, you know, you're looking out three, five, seven, ten years. I think Microsoft will do quite well. well you know, I'll, I'll just add yeah. to it. I, I, it's, I think it's a great pick, and I think that uh, even uh, at these what seem like lofty prices, um, I heard a comment today about Microsoft that most of the revenue is subs recurring subscriptions, not just subscriptions, but recurring subscriptions, and that's a big plus for them. And, you know, when you talk about their acquisitions, LinkedIn was one of them. And where where do you go if you're looking for or interested in a job nowadays? It's LinkedIn. That's where employers are posting. That's where employees go to look for jobs, LinkedIn. So uh, there is a lot to be said about that. So I think that's a great one. Kyle, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so uh, I really like, you know, what, what, you know, both Glenn and John talked about. I'll, I'll go with... Um, you know, really, there's there's two that I'm I'm really looking at, and, and both of them are kind of somewhat in the same space. And it's Palantir and Snowflake. You know, really looking at the big data side of things. Um, you know, as these as companies are compiling more and more data through and, and trying to figure out how to use it, they need the tools, and that's really where you get Palantir, you get Snowflake from a big data capability, cloud enablement using AI. You know, really helping them with their analytics. Um, and, and that's an area that's going to continue to grow as, as as the companies are making data informed decisions and, and utilizing that, you know, in their next generation products. And, and so I really like both of those companies in that space. And I don't think you could go wrong with, with, with either one of them. 
Those are uh, those are two good ones. It's interesting. I was just asked about Palantir yesterday by somebody, and I was a little leery because of the run it's had. Yeah. I felt like I've missed Palantir, uh, but again, maybe it's a, a little pullback opportunity and something to keep an eye on. Of something I'm going to be watching. Uh, I'm going to give a, a twofer also, but I'm going to go a little bit differently here, um, and I'm going to go with Ford and GM. Um, I do believe that they're they were way overbeat up and that there's some upside uh, to them in the next three to four to six months. Um, and, and I think we can see a, a nice 20 to 25 percent return in them uh, definitely before the end of the year, maybe sooner uh, because they were so overdone to the downside. I think there's going to be a little broadening of the market. And uh, while I love all the picks that all you gentlemen had, um, they, those have run so much that uh, in the short term, I like to look at something that's shown a little bit more value yet. And uh, I think Ford and GM, ironically, they are working on adding more subscription business because of all the new technology in their cars. And they're trying to sell more subscriptions to different things in their cars. So I think this could play big for them too uh, as a, in the future. So I thank everybody. Um, as always, you can find out more about uh, the track record of all of our masters at marketocracymasters.com. And we are putting out uh, more information for educational learning at marketocracy.io. Uh, more to come. Hope you enjoyed uh, today's podcast and look forward to tuning in again soon. Thank you, everybody.